Welcome to the Building Wealth for Women podcast. I'm Anne, your host. This podcast is all about equipping you with tools, skills, and knowledge so you can build wealth and reach financial freedom. Now, let's get started. Hi, guys, welcome back to the podcast. And today we have a special guest. We've got Veronia Spain here with us today. So, this is my business bestie, fellow money coach. And yeah, if you don't know about her, I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, thanks Ange so much for welcoming me onto your podcast. So my name is Veronia. I am a money coach, as you mentioned, and my goal is really to help women save more money and start investing so they can start working towards financial independence. And this is something that I've also been working towards. And I think we'll probably talk about my story a bit more, but I was someone who started off being in debt. I had over 16 grand worth of debt and I was able to pay that off. And then after a year later, so I paid that off in about 18 months, after a year later, I also had 10,000 in savings and investments. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Wow, that is amazing. I'm so excited to get your story shared out here today, Veronia. And yeah, I think I wanted to really start with just sort of like your background with personal finance. Like how did you sort of get into personal finance? And yeah, where did you where did you begin? And what was that what was that journey like for you when you first started? Yeah, it was really interesting because it was back in 2018. So I had just finished my master's and got my first ever graduate job. And it was in a corporate company and I was working in the HR department. And I remember after a few weeks, I kind of asked myself, is this it? Is this something that I have to just do for the next 40 to 50 years? And I remember there was a time that I was staying a bit later in the office, you know, usually finish at about five o'clock, but I was there till about six-ish. And I remember seeing my director there and she hadn't left yet because she had to do all of this work. I think we were working on some type of project. And I remember just feeling like, is that going to be my life for the next 40 years if I want to climb up the career ladder? And I think the reason why I kept questioning that is because she also had young children and... Mm -hmm. I could see that she didn't necessarily see them very often because she was always working, you know, so many long hours. And so when I got home after work, I decided that I was actually going to just start researching, you know, how do people build wealth? How do people actually, you know, make money these days? And I started coming across all of these YouTube channels. I then also decided to buy the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I also bought another book called Meaningful Money Handbook by Pete Matthews. But it was the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book that really spoke to me. Uh, If no one knows about that, that's from an author called Robert Kiyosaki. And essentially, he was talking about how people who maybe look like they have money, maybe look like they're rich, aren't actually rich and they're actually broke. And it's because they have a lot of liabilities. So they have a lot of money that's just coming out of their pocket. Whereas Mm. people who genuinely build wealth, their focus is on building assets and assets are things that will put money in your pocket. So for example, like savings and investments. And I think from there, it just blew my mind where I realized that if I really wanted to build wealth, the answer wasn't just climbing up the career ladder. It was, how can I actually build as many assets as possible so that those assets can then pay for my bills and my lifestyle? Yeah, and I I have to admit, I actually read Rich Dad, Poor Dad as like, a later financial book so I think if I'd read that at the beginning like you had maybe I'd had the same experience and I haven't heard of the other one that you 
we're talking about actually what did you say it was called again yeah it's called the meaningful money handbook so it's actually uk based it's done by a guy called pete matthews and he basically within the book it's kind of like the foundations of personal finance so it's really thinking about you know what you should do and how to do it and he's got things like making a budget but also thinking about investments as well so if you're someone who wants to learn more about investing and like even understanding how your pension works that's definitely a good book to to look at yeah and for all you UK girls out there I think that's really helpful especially because a lot of the personal finance books out there are very much American focused yeah. I would say um so thank you for the recommendation and I might actually read that book as well because you know I always like to expand my knowledge and the, the fascinating thing about your story Veronia is like you mentioned you had 16k of debt and you paid yeah. it off in how many years uh it was 18 months oh <laughs> not even years <laughs> it's 18 months a year and a half wow so could you like explain a bit more about your debt story and like how you actually got into debt and what really kind of triggered you to start paying that off yeah so in terms of how I got into debt it started off uh in university so mm-hmm. as you know when many of us start university you get introduced to the student overdraft with and for my student overdraft the reason why I had that is because I got a free rail card so with that student account came a free rail card and also a student overdraft and I actually thought I wasn't going to use it during my first year of university I thought oh no 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 I'm just going to use the rail card and then that's it but then I really wanted to go on a group holiday and I realized that my student loan hadn't dropped yet So I thought, oh, I'm just going to use my overdraft to pay for it, but I'll pay it back as soon as I can. Of course, that didn't happen. So it got to the end of my university time and I'd basically still been in my overdraft, hadn't paid out a penny. And then it also got to a point where I went to do my master's as well. Again, hadn't paid it off. And so I ended up maxing that out to about two grand. So my overdraft was about two grand. So I entered into the workforce with that maxed out overdraft. And then when I started working, I remember because where my work was, you almost had to actually drive to work because public transport was just really bad. You couldn't really get public transport there. So I had the car that I had bought at university, which funny enough, I bought that in cash, but it was a grand. So I bought that in cash, but I had that car for a good few years and it was probably at least 10 years old so it was quite an old car and I remember going into work and I was just seeing everyone with these nice cars and I was like oh this doesn't look great I'm a working girl now I should be you know driving a nicer car like I can't be seen in this in this banger so I decided that I was going to buy a new car but because I didn't have any savings with savings it was just non-existent for me. I didn't have any cash whatsoever. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to get a new car, I'm going to have to finance the car because I don't have enough cash to buy the car outright, especially the car that I want to buy. And so I ended up taking a loan from my bank, which then financed the car for me. Mm. And that was about 13 grand or about 13 to 14 grand for the car plus interest. So the car itself, I think I bought it for about 11 grand. But when you included the interest I would be paying, it was an extra like three grand. So in total, I then had the loan that I had for my car plus the overdraft. And that then came up to about 16 grand. 
Okay, so that's quite interesting, especially because, you know, working girl life, then you bought that new car. And then it's also quite interesting that you had savings for that car in uni. Also, I don't actually know a lot of people who had a car in uni. So good for you to have a car in uni. I know. I actually worked. So I worked part time. I think it was after my first year. I worked Mm. part time throughout the summer. And I literally said that when I work part time, it is to save up for that car because I really wanted to have a car. And I ended up buying a car and a laptop with that money, which is basically the first time I basically saved money. It just went downhill from there, to be honest. But there there was one time that I did save money. I mean, it's really good that you still managed to save money. At that time, I just remember whenever I used to have jobs in the summer, the money would just go. Like I I just would just spend it on clothes and nothing as useful as a car or a laptop. So after that, so you racked up 16 grand of debt at this point. So what was it for you that was like, okay, I need to pay this off? Like what what had happened for that change to happen for you? Yeah, so it was around the same time where I mentioned, you know, I was now starting this new graduate job and I realised, or I almost questioned, you know, do I want to be doing the same thing for the next 40 to 50 years? And Mm -hmm. so when I was learning about building wealth, and again, I'd I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I decided, okay, I'm going to do my first ever net worth statement, which is what a lot of, you know, people will say is if you want to find out how financially healthy you are, have a look at your net worth statement. And so I... Could you explain what a network yeah, statement yes. is? Yes, yes. So a net worth statement is basically where you take your assets and you minus your liabilities. So when I'm talking about assets, I mean things that either give some type of economic value or they maybe put some money in your pocket. So for example, if you've got any savings, investments, if you've got maybe an equity in your house, that would be considered an asset. Whereas a liability are more things that take money out of your pocket, or maybe you may owe money to a creditor, for example. So it could be things like credit card debt, if you've financed your car, if you've got any you know, personal loans, any store cards, anything like that, where you're actually owing money to someone, that would be considered a liability. And so when I did my first ever net worth statement, I had to take my asset minus liabilities. Mm. So with my assets, I had none, <laughs> it was zero. So I didn't have any assets. But I did have liabilities and my liabilities was, of course, my student overdraft plus the loan that I had for my car. And so when I calculated that, you know, assets minus my liabilities, I realized that my net worth was minus 16K. Wow. And so when I saw that, that's when I felt I just realized that I had to change. And I realized that if I want to build wealth and if I want to you know, really take control of my finances, I need to focus on building assets, but I also need to focus on reducing those liabilities so that I have extra cash to also, you know, start building up those assets. And so that's how I started really focusing on paying off my debt. You mentioned a really good point there of you knew you had debt, but it wasn't until you, you know, had it in front of you, minus 16,000, having the awareness of actually... I need to do something about this. And then you did in 18 months. Yeah. I just find that crazy because a lot of people have debt and some of you are listening might have debt and you managed to do it in 18 months. And am I right to think that you didn't have a necessarily like a massive salary at the same time as well? 
I was earning 27k at the time wow like how like how did you do that like what if you could give the listeners a little trick or or tip or something like how did you actually manage to do that on your 27k salary yeah definitely so one of the things I did is I first made a plan and again when I was trying to pay off my debt that wasn't the only thing that I was working towards I actually really wanted to build wealth I wanted to build assets I wanted to start saving I wanted to start investing so for me the plan that I had was that I would first pay off the debt and then I would also do things like you know build an emergency fund and I would then start trying to invest for my financial future so I knew how much roughly I wanted to start overpaying my debt by but the first thing I did was actually I created a kind of mini emergency fund so I wanted to save a little bit of cash so that just in case something else happened like an emergency happened for example you know if my car broke down I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that I had money available so that I could pay cash for that rather than going back into even more debt because what would have happened is I could have been trying to pay off this debt and then ended up you know having to go back into debt because something happened and then I would feel really demotivated because I'm like oh I've gone back into debt Mm. so I first started saving for a mini emergency fund got that out of the way and then I decided I was actually going to learn how to save some of that money first so I would save money and then I would then use that money to put towards my debt so I would then start overpaying on my debt on top of you know my minimum debt repayments one of the things I would say also that helped was my housing costs as well so I really kind of looked at my expenses and I kind of decided okay are there some expenses that I don't really necessarily need or that I don't necessarily care about so for me because I'm a natural spender I realized I was pretty much just spending money on anything and everything so I would sometimes buy clothes not because I actually wanted to wear them but just simply because they were on sale if I saw it was 50% off I was like oh I've got a bargain let me buy these clothes but then I wouldn't even wear half of those clothes Mm. and so it was just recognizing some of my spending habits and just looking at my expenses and just evaluating okay do I actually want to spend my money in this way or do I want to spend it doing something else and The best thing for me was actually realizing what my spending habits were like so that I could then start planning for that spending much Mm. more intentionally. And it was really interesting because during the time that I was overpaying on my debt, I wasn't, you know, living like a hermit. I was still, you know, spending. I was still seeing my friends, but I was just being much more intentional with it. So I would plan out when I would see them. But during the time that I was paying off my debt, my friends had no idea that I was paying this off. They actually didn't find out until I started my YouTube channel talking about it. What? So that's how, yeah, yeah. So that's how I knew that I really learned how to spend intentionally. Because if I could still see my friends during those 18 months and they had no idea that I was paying off my debt, then I knew that I had mastered the art of being able to save and pay off my debt and also spend money as well. So that I would say those were probably the main things and kind of almost also looking at some of my other expenses, like my housing expense, I decided to become a lodger because where I was living was near my workplace, but I wasn't really there very often. I was there maybe about three days a week. The rest of the time I was in London. And so whilst I was there, I decided that I was just gonna become a lodger so that I could just have a place to sleep And because of that, I was then only paying £300 a month in rent. And that was it. 
So it meant that I could use a good amount of my salary to then put towards overpaying on the debt. Wow. And I think you, you've said so many good things there because here on the Building Wealth for Women podcast, we're all about spending intentionally. And the fact that you were paying off debt and still managing to see your friends and your friends didn't think, oh, she's not coming out as much now because she's not doing this with us now. Like the fact that you, nothing had changed. You were still the same. You were still being intentional. That is huge because there is such a big narrative about paying off debt and you just basically staying at home all the time and being absolutely miserable. And here is the perfect example of someone who didn't do that, who still lived their life, still had fun, but was paying off debt in 18 months. And also I quite liked how creative you got as well in terms of like your housing situation as well. I think that's a really good point because a lot of people don't really think of it like that. They think, oh, I just need to cut out my spending. But you were like, oh, you know, I could, you know, lodge and 300 pounds for rent. That is, that is cheap. (laughs) Very cheap. And it's not for everyone, but I think the mindset that I had was, are there expenses that I can reduce where I don't necessarily care about that much? So in my scenario, because I was hardly there anyway, I was like, why would I spend so much money on rent when I'm hardly here? It makes sense for me to just kind of reduce that expense so that I can then use that money for something else that I value. Yeah. And I think you do mention another great point is it's not for everyone, but you just have to work out what works for you. And it's fine that it's not for everyone because it's your life. So it doesn't have to even make sense to everybody else. Like even like what Veronia is saying might not make sense to you, but another way to reduce your spending might. So an amazing thing that I think about Rona is that she's a saving queen. Like she went from the 16K of debt to then saving 10K in less than a year. And you call yourself a natural spender. So I want to first of all ask you, what do you think is the biggest thing that stops people from actually saving money in your experience? So I think there are many things, but I would say maybe the biggest thing is people actually believing that they can't save money and because they believe they can't save money they think that they will just spend it because I find that people who struggle with saving money are normally people who are natural spenders because natural savers probably can save money because they can naturally save and so I realized that for me the reason why I didn't save money is because I just thought I haven't saved money before. So why would I know how to save money now? This just isn't something that's natural. But then I realized that actually, no, there are instances where I have saved money. During my time at university, I saved up cash to pay for my first car. I saved up cash to pay for my laptop, for my MacBook. So just giving myself evidence that I had saved before helped me to realize that, no, I can actually save money I just needed to do the right actions to be able to save much more consistently. I think, yeah, like if you are just sort of telling yourself that you can't save, you just spend, then of course, then you're going to stop yourself. And for you, the thing that really amazes me is the fact that you then save such a huge amount in such a short time. Like a lot of people want to be able to do the same and they just struggle with the spending part. So what was something that you think you did that kind of helped with that, that you might not have already mentioned in terms of then saving a significant amount of money? 
yeah I would say definitely knowing my why was quite a big thing so again I think I mentioned before but my main goal wasn't just to pay off debt my main goal was actually for me to learn how to save so that I could be able to not only save money but I could also start investing that money as well and I did that because I wanted to build wealth I wanted to work towards things like financial independence and essentially what financial independence means in my terms is being able to have the option to do what you want to do when you want to do it without having to depend on a certain income like your job and so for me one of the biggest reasons why I didn't give up even though I made mistakes trying to save money was because I knew that I wanted to become financially independent I wanted to work towards that and I was going to do everything in my power to do that even if I did make mistakes and what was one of the mistakes that you think that you made and how did you sort of overcome it yeah so one of the mistakes I made was the fact that I would dip into my savings so every time I would try to save money something would come up like I remember my graduation came up and I was trying to save a bit more money but I had to pay for my graduation ticket otherwise I wouldn't be able to go to my graduation and so I ended up having to go into my savings to pay for that or my car insurance was due and again I didn't have money set aside for that so I ended up having to dip into my savings to pay for that car insurance but one of the things I realized is that I could actually prepare for those savings in advance and I can treat them separately so what I started doing was actually saving up for some of these expenses that I knew were going to come up so for example again you know my car insurance or if I knew that I was going to be buying Christmas presents or birthday presents or if I knew I was going to go to the dentist I started saving up for that separately so that when I then started focusing on saving for you know my core goals you know saving to actually overpay all my debt I could do that without having to dip into my savings. And that actually stopped me from dipping into my savings. And these are kind of known as sinking funds as well. So that's something that, you know, potentially people can do. But that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made when it came to saving first. But once you overcome it, it makes saving money a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, Lord knows I've dipped into my savings and, you know, it feels horrible. But actually, like you said, if you do have, different pots of money as it were or sinking sinking funds or you just know you can save up for that thing in advance I think that's the thing a lot of people don't know that you can save up for things in advance that I never really knew that until I realized Mm. it that's a really good point that if you know that the dentist is coming up you can start saving it stuff right now like Christmas is coming up you can start saving for that right now instead of waiting till December and stressing out so that's really really good point and the next question I want to ask you is as a natural saver myself, you know, I've, I found, I find saving easy. But when I first started, I used to hoard my money into a bank account. So what advice would you give for somebody who, who might be like me, who just hoards the money in the bank account and save, like, why should they save money? I always say that it's really important for people to save with a purpose and know why they're saving. So actually have a tangible specific reason as to why they're actually saving money. If your money is in the bank account, what is it there for? Is there a specific reason why you have it? 
because there are specific reasons why you would want to save money. So for example, when I was saving up from my emergency fund, I wanted to keep that in a savings account because I wanted that to be, you know, liquid. I wanted it to be accessible. So if something happened, like an emergency came up, I had money to pay for that and I wanted to be able to get it quickly. So there are specific times where savings can be really important. So again, an emergency fund, you could be saving up for a wedding, potentially you could be saving up for a house deposit. But there are also times where it may not make sense just to have your money sitting in a bank account, especially if you're thinking about your long term goals. If you're thinking about things like retirement, it may not make sense to just have your money sitting in your bank account because of things like inflation, where things are going to be getting much more expensive, you want to be able to have money that actually outperforms inflation so that when you're now saving over time, you're able to keep up with that. Obviously, now, you know, there are things like high interest savings accounts, which where the interest is a lot higher these days, which is great. But I think in the long term, you really want to be thinking about your goals and you want to be thinking, should I be saving my money in a bank account or should I maybe be putting my savings to better work? Should I be putting it in a different place? I 100% agree with you. I think it's really thinking about what your purpose is and like you've said, what your why is. I think a lot of people do skip the step because I kind of feel like when people say, know your why, it kind of sounds wishy-washy, but honestly... Once you have that why, it is going to drive you into the action of where you need to be. And something that you've mentioned, Veronia, is that you wanted to have financial independence. You wanted to retire early. So do you think saving is a helpful step to help you to then start investing, start to help you build wealth? And why? Yes, 100%. I have said before that saving is a skill. It is not just about leaving money in a bank account the concept of saving will help you with so many different things so for me personally I did not pay off my debt until I actually learned how to save because I needed to learn how to actually take money from my paycheck keep that money and then use it for something else and so for me saving actually helped me to overpay on my debt Then saving helped me to save for other things like having an emergency fund. But it also helped me to start doing things like investing, because at the end of the day, if you want to be able to make your money work for you and if you want to be able to invest your money and grow your money, you need to be able to actually keep that money and pull it to better use. Right. So for me, the concept of saving almost underpins being able to pay off debt and also start investing and be able to actually get other things because you're learning how to keep the money rather than just spending it you're actually learning how to keep it and use it for something specific amazing amazing I think people need to stop sleeping on saving like honestly it is like you say it is a skill and like you said it is about learning to just keep that money and not then spending it on x y and z not that spending it is a problem but actually learning to keep it in like an emergency fund as an example or then actually then moving it into other means of being able to grow your money into the stock market I think that was a really really good point Rhoda and I really appreciate you bringing that up I don't think I'm going to ask you about tips around saving to be honest I think you've given a lot of tips unless you think that you've got other tips that you want to give no I think the only thing that I would say is when it comes to saving my key philosophy I would say is 
you will learn the art of saving when you know how to save and spend at the same time. So I think what many people think is that when they learn about saving, that's the only thing they'll do with their money. Like they will just save their money and they'll just kind of hoard their money and then that's it. But with my philosophy, I always think, how can I be able to do both? How can I be able to spend my money and spend it intentionally whilst at the same time still be able to save for my other specific goals? I think when you learn how to do both, that can actually help you in the long run because then you'll be much more sustainable with saving. You don't want to get to a point where you save so much money, but then you're just really upset because you've restricted yourself from spending so much and then you end up spending most of the money. You want to learn how to be able to do both so that when you're thinking about money management in general, it's much more sustainable in the long run. And actually, when you do learn how to do both from a natural saver point of view is then you then don't feel as guilty for spending because then you can save and then you can spend and then you're not feeling guilty. And then and then as a as a spender, I would imagine then you wouldn't feel sort of like urge to want to spend the money because you'd learn how to save it. But then you know that yeah. you can spend what you want. That's an amazing, amazing point. So, Veronia, can you tell the lovely listeners how they can find you and about your services? And yeah, tell them, tell them all about that. Yes, yes, of course. So you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Veronia Spain on YouTube. I do a lot of videos on saving money and also learning how to invest as well. And the same with Instagram. So that's Veronia Spain. And I also offer one-on-one money coaching. So for many of my clients, one of their goals is to be able to save a lot more money. So that's something that we focus on. And then that then propels them to also start thinking about investing their money in the long run. So you can, of course, book a call to find out more about one-on-one coaching with me. Wonderful. And I'll also make sure to put all the links to Veronia's channels so you can go check her out. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Veronia. It's been lovely chatting with you today. It's been an absolutely great conversation. So many great nuggets for the listeners to really learn about your journey and just learning how to save better, save more and be able to spend at the same time. Thanks so much for having me.